T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Pete Sweeney. Pete Sweeney, Pete Sweeney, Pete Sweeney, Pete Sweeney, Pete Sweeney, Pete Sweeney, Pete Sweeney. Oh yeah, it's time to welcome in Pete Sweeney, our Chiefs Insider from Arrowhead Pride, sponsored by FanDuel, America's number one sports book, the official sports book of 610 Sports Radio, it's AFC title game week, but uh, you are one of the few people that have actually watched the movement of Patrick Mahomes' ankle. What have you seen? Are things still trending in the right direction? Yeah, you can tell that he's moving a little bit more gingerly on on the ankle. And again, in, in test mode, uh, you keep in mind, we, we don't get to watch full practices anytime after training camps. It's been a while, but we do get to see just a couple dropbacks and you know, I, I think he's going to be the same quarterback that we're used to seeing in the pocket. And I, I'd even tell you that I think that he could probably scramble. Of course, he's not going to be a, as quick a, as he would be. I think the, the bigger thing when coming out of the pocket is going to be the risk you're taking when doing so. And I, I think it's going to have to be a really safe moment for him, maybe a little bit more safe than usual when, when he chooses to do that out of structure stuff. Pete, I know that we we know Mahomes for all the spectacular things he does on a field when he's making nine guys miss and then flipping it to Jarek McKinnon or Clyde and such. But he is one of the league's best pocket passers too, right? Yeah, and I I, I think that that gets a little bit lost here because, you know, especially nationally, you know, what are you seeing from Mahomes? You're not watching every single moment of every single Chiefs game. And so you just see the plays where – it's a little bit of what they call that, that backyard football style. But very quietly, he's been working on this part of his game for years because you know, you're talking about about to be a two-time MVP. This was the weak part of his game. And he's been talking about this for, for two, three years, working with Mike Kafka, now Matt Nagy, Eric Bieniemy, of just getting more comfortable with not having to make the wild big play. And, and you've seen progress there. And the numbers show it. We have all these analytics now where it is showing, even in the pocket, he's throwing for over 800 yards. He leads the league in touchdowns, best QB rating. And so 
there shouldn't be a, a lack of confidence. The, the only problem I think that people are concerned about is you know, that's good against most teams. Now you're dealing with, sorry, Buffalo, the other top AFC team. And the margin is so much smaller. You might need one of those Tennessee Titans AFC title game-like plays that maybe you, you won't have in, in your toolbox on, on Sunday afternoon. Pete, but this is kind of a no-excuse game for both the offense and defensive lines, right? I mean, the, the Bengals are third worst in the NFL in getting sacks. So it shouldn't be that hard for you to do your job. The Bengals gave up the third most sacks. It shouldn't be that hard for you to do your job. I know Cincinnati is there, but like from a from an offensive line and defensive line perspective, I feel like this is a no-excuse game. I don't want to be like, oh, well, they got us on that one. You're better than them there. Yeah, and I know you guys have talked about this, and we've all been talking about it all week, but Andy Reid essentially went on to Tom Brady's podcast, and I've seen that you know when he goes on Collinsworth or, or Mooch or someone like Brady, he's a little bit looser yeah. and, and maybe a little bit more honest. And you could tell that they're putting in the onus this, this week on Patrick Mahomes' ankle on the offensive line. And I, I think we've seen a few times this year where Reid is even admitted at our press conferences ahead of the Colts or after the Colts game leading into the, the Buccaneers game around the time they were playing the 49ers. He called them the offensive line to be better. Uh, and they're going to have to play their best game on Sunday. I think we know who the Bengals are, which is a team that's certainly going to, I think, try to exploit that injury. And so that even makes it a, a bigger deal for the offensive line to play well. And then you're right on the other side on the defensive line. And it's a, it's a good way, segue to, to tell you that we actually wrote something this morning, Caleb James, an, an analyst for me about Chris Jones. And the, the idea is that, look, we know the Bengals are going to take out Chris Jones at multiple bodies. Now, someone else, whether that be, playoff Frank who reemerged or George Karloftis or, or Mike Dana is going to have to take advantage of these one-on-one matchups and get Joe Burrow down and Chris Jones managing to beat the double team and, and finally get his first playoff sack would help too. Right. I mean, along the same lines, Pete, if we talk about how do they close out a game finally against Cincinnati, because they've had the lead as we know, in all three of these games entering the fourth quarter, is it more important that, Hey, the, the defense comes like, what do you think's needed? The defense coming up with that play to close it out, a Chris Jones, a Frank Clark sack, or that, Hey, the offense is able to have a long sustained drive, willing to run the football to close it out. Yeah. I think if the, the offense plays a balanced game, like we've seen, you know, especially after the, the Mahomes injury last week, I, I think they're, they're going to have enough points. And so maybe it is shutting the door if you're up seven, which I think everyone would feel more comfortable with than a three, for example, or shutting the door, you know, when you are up in a really tight game and keeping them out of field goal position if it's three or less. Uh, I, I really do think it, it'll come down to the defense. I, I know that the Bengals' defense has been good against the Chiefs, but to me, I mean, I, I really feel like even with a, a hobbled Patrick Mahomes, you're looking – somewhere between the realm of, of 24, 28 points. And so it's can the defense, and I, I think it'll be a really tight, hard-fought, close game, get that final stop when in seasons previous it just has not been able to do so. What do you think is the biggest common denominator between these three losses? I don't think they all look exactly the same, Pete, but is there something that stands out to you that happens in all three of these games, why they lose them close? Turnovers. Chiefs are undefeated this year when they don't turn over the football. You know, the, the Bengals have had a knack for, for turning the, the Chiefs over, and it, it's as simple as ball security. And when it comes to Mahomes, just good decision-making, decision not, not doing too much, right, throwing the football away and not trying to, to force a, a play downfield. And I, I think if they clean that up, I've said this 
before, and I still feel that way, you know, whether it be the Bengals or even if you want to go in further, the, the Eagles or 49ers. If the Chiefs don't turn over the football, I mean, they're probably winning the game. If there's a team that can beat them, maybe it's among these final four, but I, I even feel maybe even more so if you are able to get through the Bengals that way in the Super Bowl. I mean, you're a better team than those two NFC teams. The Bengals are right there with you, but if you just take care of the football, you should feel pretty good about your chances of winning if you're Kansas City. We're talking to Pete Sweeney, our Chiefs insider from Arrowhead Pride, presented by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And, and Pete, if I tell you there's someone that walks into that stadium on, on Sunday night and we have a certain uh, feeling about who they are and how everybody perceives them to be with one reputation and then a- after the game can leave with a completely different one, who do you think has the best opportunity maybe to shift the entire narrative about who they are as a football player, a coach, whoever it may be? Well, maybe Eli Apple, if he plays well, <laughs> it'd be nice to see the guy who's talking the most play a good game. Yeah. But if you're talking about the, the chief side, I guess the, the player that stands out to me that I, I think Kansas city knows about. And, and, but the, I don't think the, the rest of the world does yet. Carl uh, I, you know, I, I find, yeah, we're all focused on Frank and, you know, maybe he's able to turn back the clock for the second week in a row, you know, third or fourth time this season. But I think Carl is, showed you to be a, a legit and I know he's just still a rookie but he's got 17 games under his, under his belt he's now kind of a second year player I, I think he showed you he's a legit pass rusher in this league I remember having conversations with you guys and you're like well what is a successful year for George Karloff is three and a half sacks and he was able to double that uh with the with the performance that he had toward the end of the season and now's the time I mean I I think if you're the Bengals offensive line you're worried about Chris Jones Karloftis said on draft night, he knew the Chiefs personnel. He's like, that's going to open up one-on-ones for me. A two-sack night, a two-sack, five-pressure night from Karloftis is going to mean wonders for what it can mean for the Kansas City Chiefs. And like I said, I I think we know about him in Kansas City, you know, 30th overall pick here in the the first round. But I I think he really has a chance to announce himself to the world with a a strong game. And I think he's going to have the opportunities, especially with those injuries. And again, just the idea of all the attention on Chris Jones. We know that Willie Gay said just one word, nothing, that is reverberating a little bit as the first piece of trash talk the Chiefs have let out all week. Is this just a case of one Chiefs player couldn't take it anymore, Pete, because of how much the other side was talking? Well, it was one Chiefs player that wanted to talk, like I think some of these guys do, but was constantly thinking about the meeting that was definitely had or the portion that was definitely had during the team meeting of we're not going to talk trash this week and circumventing his way around it to not say anything but try to talk trash uh, anyway, that's exactly what <laughs> I'm saying nothing, so I can't be talking trash. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yes. Some players are, are better about hiding that than others. Uh, you know, Willie Gay, I, you know, I, I think there are certain players that probably would have wanted to say something back, but I, I'm sure the team messaging, I'm sure of this has been, that we're not talking this week. And, and like I said, I, I think Gay found a backward backdoor way of, Giving a little jab to the Bengals. I don't think it was a lot. I, I think he probably wishes he could have said more, but you could tell that be, between all the answers that you've been getting from Reed, Mahomes, other guys this week, it's it's definitely been a talking point that says we're not going to feed the beast in that regard. All right, Pete, last time we have you on before the game, I know you'll have your official prediction up on Arrowhead Pride, but we need a little sneak peek of that. What's, what's the game look like? What's the score? And uh, are the Chiefs headed to Arizona? Yeah, the, the way that I've, drawn this up in my head is it's it's going to be one of these games where you know it's the cardiac chiefs where you're really panicked and 
at the end, maybe the, the Bengals have uh, what would be a, a six-point lead, 20, you know, 23-17, and, and it's going to be up to Mahomes and the offense to go get it done. And Yeah, I have Butker in, in the final fourth-quarter drive, Whew. hitting the extra point, 24-23, <laughs> and then the Chiefs defense shutting it down from there you know, with a minute and a timeout or something left on the clock. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I have in my head. I think it's going to be close. I, you know, I, I know you're a Vegas guy, and, and you've seen how the spread has just gone all over the place. So so odd. I know that a lot has to do with the Mahomes injury, but also just how close these teams are. So to think you know, you're going to walk into Arrowhead and the Chiefs are just going to smack the Bengals or vice versa, I, I think you're kidding yourself. I think this is going to be a really tough, good football game. And this is something I'm writing my prediction. It's not even out yet. So what do you guys get in the sneak peek? But I, I think we're going to look back at this game in four weeks and be like, God, that was the Super Bowl. And I, I think the AFC team, whoever emerges from this, is going to really have their way with the NFC champ. Hey, Pete. Uh, uh, great prediction, by the way. I thought that was really well put. Uh, this is Nick Schwert uh, with 610 Sports Radio, Kansas City, KS- KCSB. Uh, a question for you. A quick little hypothetical here for you on a Red Friday. Are you uh, okay answering a hypothetical with us? I love hypotheticals. Okay, I'm cool. glad you're in a better mood, but before what I got on, it it did seem like you were a little moody. It seems like your mood's improved in the last. Yeah, it, it has. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I was just hearing your breakdown of the game, and it's got me kind of fired up. And then I was thinking about this hypothetical that I've been really excited to throw your way. I'm curious if, let's just say randomly, Carrington Harrison were to approach you mm. and begin kissing you on the neck, <laughs> how many times would he have to attempt to do that before you chose to resort to violence in, in the form of punching him in the face? Yeah, uh, this was actually brought up yesterday off air uh, to me, um, <laughs> and I, I, it wouldn't be many. I, I don't feel like I, I could handle <laughs> any of these, these smooches before I, I, I tried to have to physically back him off me. But I, I appreciate you asking and, and making sure we got that out there. Well, and you're not a violent person by nature, correct, Pete? No, no. I, you know, peace and love, peace and love for me. That's always been a, a, a big, two, two big staples. Well, because with the love aspect of it, it would maybe lend <laughs> itself more towards uh, enjoying being kissed. Right. No, no, that's, that's a good, yeah. And I'm glad, I'm glad this question has been brought up. I mean, this is, uh, this is a key hypothetical as we enter the weekend for sure. There you go. He's our Chiefs insider, Pete Sweeney. We, uh, we will talk to you next week, man. All right, guys. There you go, Pete Sweeney. And of course, if you're wondering what the heck was up with that, that's because Carrington. We brought, we talked about this on the show yesterday. This was a Carrington, random question. Yeah, Carrington yeah. came up to Nick before our show yesterday, and that's why we talked about it on the show yesterday, uh, and and brought up that exact same hypothetical. How many punches? How many kisses yeah, was, would it was, take till Nick would be punch honest with you? It'd be less, by the way, if he called them a smooch like Pete did. Yeah, if I was, Carrington. Uh, that would that would lower it from four to three. For well, because smooches are less sensual. We, you we know? told see that something we, you get from your from your aunt. We we told see that we talked about right when we when we were leaving the studio yesterday. We told see that he couldn't believe that we actually brought it up on air. Like Carrington, you say anything around us, man, Wait, it gets disgusting. C-Dot couldn't believe we brought it up on Th- air. This yeah. show yeah. wouldn't bring up I that am, hypothetical. I, I think I've learned a lot over the last couple of months how little Carrington listens to our show because he <laughs> seems to be very thrown off by some of the bits he finds out that we do. Uh, man. Well, he's prepping for a show during our show, right? Makes sense. Wasn't he thrown off by the breaking news center when you broke the news of something? Something very unbreaking news, you know? <laughs> it was like, there you have it. Breaking news. Pete Sweeney does not want to be kissed by Carrington Harrison. He said not many times. Not many times. Before he yeah. would throw a punch. I think it'd be uncomfortable right away. The but consensus not many is times. you get one free one, it sounds like. Yeah, so I think everyone agrees it's not a punch after one. <laughs> so, okay, so I don't want to hear any big fuss if I come and give you guys a kiss on the neck next week. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I we'll would get... be so uncomfortable. Wait, wait, yes, yes. 
one thing you did bring up to Pete that wasn't related to that was actually related to the game, Cody, uh, was uh, turnovers, right? You, you asked him, like, what, what's the, the common denominator and, uh, in these three games? And he said turnovers. Right now, you look at the four teams left, obviously Kansas City, Cincinnati, and then on the other side, Philadelphia and San Francisco. The Chiefs are the only team left with a negative Not turnover. Not shocking. The other negative turnovers teams are bad. Yeah, and all year we talked about, like, man, they're in the bottom five with teams like the Texans and all yeah. these bad. So it, it makes sense. Nobody's stunned by that. It also just speaks to like how they've been able to overcome that. Also, do you believe what we've seen the last three or four games where they've actually been really good with that? Does that continue to, uh, on Sunday? They've had zero turnovers in three of the last four games. So to me, we've moved past this. Not that it isn't some sneaking uh, earworm that makes you worry is going to come up at some point. But I actually think the Chiefs have solved some of their turnover issues. I think the important part was there were two things that were happening that were leading to them. One, the special teams just kept making mistakes over and over and over again, over and over and over again. And that was leading a lot to these problems coming up for the turnovers because they had five of them from just the special teams. To me, fumbles, unless you have a guy who has like a fumbling problem, tends to be a little bit more um, luck-based, right? Like if you're Josh Allen and you fumble the ball like 30 times in a season, then okay, yeah, you probably just fumble the ball a lot. But if you generally, Travis Kelsey, for the instance, or if Pacheco, who has lost fumbles certainly this year, if those occur, I think it's different. But I, I am less worried about it now than at any other point this entire season. Again, that yeah, feels sense. that and maybe that does make sense. But like at any other point this year, you can you can attest how many different times I wanted to bring that topic back up because I'm like, yeah, after four weeks, I'm like, it's a problem. You're like, eh, it's early after eight weeks. I'm like, it's a problem. You're like, yeah, it's probably a problem. After 12 weeks, I bring it up again. And then we're all like, yeah, this is obviously a huge problem. And now I'm finally in the part where I'm like, you know what? I think they have a handle on this for the first time all year. I don't feel like they're turnover prone. Definitely feel better about it. There's no doubt. I think most Chiefs fans probably are that way. I, you know, if you're going now, if we did the updated, you know, list of three and how do you rank out of your biggest concerns for the game? Let's take the the ankle out of this for a second sure. and, and take Mahomes' ankle. Like, how would you rank out the three biggest concerns? It's still in the top three, though. Like, I still think it's the top three concern because because it's team, been the biggest issue for why they yeah, lose. Yeah, like number one, I think it's pretty. You guys can tell by how we've been discussing this game all week. Like, number one is like. Sacking jump, my biggest concern. Can the defense yeah. get the stop? Get that big crucial play that they've never got so far when they've played Joe Burrow. Like that, that to me is my biggest concern. And then but number- special teams and turnovers would have been yeah. two and three all year, or one and two all year, and mm-hmm. they are playing their best, right? Yeah, I mean, special teams is still in the top three as well. Like I still, I don't think it's it's just changed the order a little bit and less emphasis on it. But I mean, special teams is even though we discussed Butker yesterday, and Butker has been much better. Knock on wood uh, here in the last is this month. Wood? It's now we've talked. It's fake. It's definitely it's fake like wood. It's MDF definitely, definitely fake wood. Anytime I do that, I think you always say the same thing. You're like, is that real? Wood? Is no, it's wood? not. It's, 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 it's what we got though. It's what we got anyway. Uh, but I'm still worried about coverage unit uh, for this team on a punt return, a kick return, uh, that kind of stuff. You know, are you, ca- I, don't, I don't know. Are you caught off guard by something Cincinnati tries to pull out of their hat uh, at midfield on a punt, a fake punt, that kind of stuff still scares me a little bit. It's more the coverage type of, of things. Uh, than, than even, believe it or not, the kicking game now. I know that those were not particularly great opponents like Houston, Seattle, the Raiders, right? They Those aren't teams, hell, even if you want to put Jacksonville into the mix, a team they didn't turn it over against. But it's just, to me, when I when I look at where they are now, they are doing a significantly better job not turning it over. It would be in my top three gold, but I think it would be three. Now, Pete's stat makes it maybe push up a notch because you simply know that 
this season, and they haven't lost that many games this year, so, I mean, you know, take it for what it's worth. But this season, they are undefeated when they do not turn the ball over. They've won plenty of games when they do, but they are undefeated when they don't. And I think that we know that about the Chiefs, that if they don't make mistakes, they are better than every other team on the field. That has consistently been the theme this entire year. All right, let's get to the trash of the day. Trash of the day. It's kind of an update on a fun story that we've been talking about throughout the week. It has to do with what occurred uh, against Jacksonville, where there was the photo from a Jaguars fan uh, that he took in a tweet that he was making fun of a Chiefs fan for having a baked potato at the game. And then, of course, she took a photo of him taking a photo of her, if that makes sense, right? It went viral. Fun story. High V stepped up, and they're going to do a baked potato bar in the parking lot. Fantastic stuff. Well, now the folks at Arrowhead have also... So, you know what? Why don't we do something fun? Arrowhead Eats, the official Twitter account, I guess, for concessions at Arrowhead, says KC Potato Girl won't have to bring her own into the game because we're bringing you the loaded hand warmer on Sunday. A baked potato topped with burnt in, shredded cheese, butter chives. Uh, get it while it's hot at a couple sections, section 111 and 301. Okay, so to be clear, it looks our pretty, request. It, it looks good. It's got some burnt does, ends on there. Our request for 100 people to be eating a baked potato in between the first and the second quarter. This is now a no-excuse game for the baked potato front as well. Oh, there'll be plenty of Some of the offensive line, this is a no-excuse game on the baked potato front. I expect 100 of you to be eating a baked potato in between the first and the second quarter. They're going to sell it in the stadium. It looks In addition to the people who sneak it in. I might have to grab... I mean, seriously, it looks pretty damn good. We'll see what the actual product looks like when it's there in front of you. But the photo, you know, it sounds like... Who doesn't love a baked potato? A little burn-ins on there. I like it too because you normally I told you I don't get the potato loaded, but as long as there's no sour cream, I'm good. It says no. It just says butter. Come on, you would eat burnt ends on a baked potato. Yeah, no, yeah, as long as there's no sour cream, I'm in. What do you think this thing's gonna run at the stadium? It's a Potatoes are like potato. one of the cheapest things on earth. You're at to a football buy. game, though. <laughs> I mean, game, Nick knows. It's like to, potatoes are legitimately one of the cheapest I'm, things you can buy. So it's cheap. like a sack of like, like five. Said, Nick, Nick knows this. Well, Gold doesn't buy potatoes. potatoes. <laughs> Well, doesn't buy things very often. And if he buys uh, a potato, he buys one. You can buy a five-pound sack of potatoes right. for like $4. This thing is more than $4. I don't know. I'll guess 10 bucks, 11 yeah, bucks. I was going to say, the cheapest it is. The is part cost The you. cheapest it is is $9.99. This has $12.99, $13.99 all over it. Man, 13 bucks for a baked potato? Loaded baked potato. Text line says $25. No. $25? <laughs> $25. I think it's in the teens, though. It's definitely like in the teens. 10 to 12. Hmm. Still, I mean, I'll the, let you know. I'll report back. Are you going to go check the price? I mean, it's section 111. I'll take a gander over there. Yeah. Yeah, you got to let me uh-huh. know the price. I want to see the line for the baked potato. Hey, speaking of food prices, <laughs> I just saw this. Uh, okay. This is actually right up your guy's alley. Oh, boy. Well, Cody's alley. Okay. Um, baseball analyst Rob Friedman, he he posted an old quote, an old, old quote from Zach Grinke from his oh, first I saw this. stint. Yeah, go ahead. But the Royals, and I wanted to bring it up to you, Gold. Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Oh, is this the Chipotle one? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an old great, quote, but it's, it's resurfacing, and it's kind of going viral today, so I thought it would be yeah. deserved to be mentioned. And Zach Grinke's just, you know, uh, he's a treasure with some of the quotes that he's had over Correct. the years. And he was sounding off on the guacamole at Chipotle. He said, I like the guacamole. Now, I don't really love the guacamole, so I get it when I feel like it. They changed their guacamole from $1.50 to $1.80. I mean, $1.50 is already pretty darn high, so they changed it to $1.80, and I'll never again get guacamole. It's not about the guacamole itself. I just don't want to let them win, (laughs) which is, I think, an appropriate quote given that you, Alex, were recently engaged Mm -hmm. in 
a bit of a dispute with Chipotle. And you right. let them in win. which I you did. did let them win. I did. I took my free entree and went home. I did. Now, hearing this quote and from Zach, Zach Greinke is worth $277 million, thing, so he I, didn't have to take this stand. No, look, the price is like everything else. <laughs> That's how much he's made in his career. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely funny from him considering how much he's made. Yeah, look, I normally don't go guac, like you said, um, but... Do you like guac or you just don't... I'm not a big guac fan. Um, Are you an avocado guy? No. So... Uh, I told you what I get. I, I, told, you what I, get. I told you what I, I get know, on the burrito. I know that's what you get it's on the burrito. white rice and pinto beans I don't get guacamole either, but I do love avocado. Yeah. but um, Superfood, some would say. It is crazy, though. Like, all the, like, the pricing, of course, like anything else, has gone up. used to be able to get in and out of Chipotle for about 10 bucks or so. Now what? my trip cost me about $14 when I go. $14? I get, I get the rice bowl steak, and I get chips and a side of sal- salsa and a cup for water, and it's like $14. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You should take a stand like Zach Krinky. Cut Chipotle out of your life. Take your business elsewhere. What do you think would change? Like, what would change the most if you just cold turkey quit eating Chipotle forever? What would change the most? I don't know. Don't you think it would be like a massive lifestyle change for you? Like, you could all of a sudden end up getting jacked and married. I don't know. Like, or he could get bigger because instead he's getting like McDoubles all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's get you fat. I'm thinking more of the (laughs) financial. Funny for the show. I'm thinking more of the financial ramifications. Like, I. I know immediately, like, if I actually, like, budget-wise, if I wanted to cut out a serious chunk of my monthly, like, <laughs> I could all of a sudden just cut out Chipotle. You know how much money I would save? It's like have a car payment have you, ever, for him. have you ever added it up? Um, no, but think about this. I, I have it probably at three times a week at minimum. $14 a pop. Okay. Is it four? Do you get a drink, too? No, I get a cup of water. And I do actually get water. But okay. I do get a cup for water. So yeah. how much, does your, how much does your meal cost? 12 bucks? No, that's what you're just saying. That's what you said. 12 14, bucks. Yeah, so that's 42 bucks a yeah, week. 12 bucks on the low end. It's probably more like Over 14. the course of a year, you were spending $2,184. We can probably assume. Now, look, you're not, you're still going to have to buy food. So you can't say all 2,000. Like you're still, let's say even half. Let's just say even take half of that out. Yeah. That's still $1,200. Bucks and that so. feels in the low end. I think you're probably spending closer to and how, that. And how, when did this, when did this Chipotle adventure oh, begin man. for you? May, well, I didn't go multiple times a week till after college because I couldn't afford going multiple times a week in college. But I would, I loved it in college. I didn't actually in high school. I never really ate it. I was not a Chipotle fan in in, in high school. It was definitely a post college thing. Found it in college, you know, then carried it on forever. Huh? Someone says probably his digestive system would change. I'm not the one with digestive issues on this show. That, that's that's not no, me. No, you're Shocking, not. Shockingly, for now, for now you're okay. Mm-hmm. You're the one with I'm the one with foot issues. He's the one with digestive issues. You're the one with heart issues. Yeah, but I've been cleaned out or checked. No, out. I the, think the, he's no. I the think heart it, issues are fine. In fact, I literally had tests that prove otherwise. Now, we're well, good. I think he, I don't think he's saying like literal heart issues, like cardiovascular issues. I think you just like sometimes you're heartless. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what he meant by it. I don't think that's what he meant. That is the uh, the trash of the day. Coming up next, we get to the Chiefs Red Half Hour and back into exactly what's at stake. And you couldn't have a better stage for Sunday night. Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Royals first baseman slash NFL insider, Vinny Pasquantino. This football season with Cody and Gold. My Twitter is about to unload <laughs> of football tweets. <laughs> First Jets game that I have free on Sunday. It's it's go time. Six Ten Sports Radio. Chiefs Kingdom. This is Mitch Holtis, and welcome in to the Chiefs Red Half Hour on Cody and Gold every day at eleven thirty on your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs. Six Ten Sports Radio. It is the Chiefs Red Half Hour, brought to you by Greenway Ford. It's a new day, a new way. 
at the all-new Greenway Ford. Reminder, coming up a little bit later on in the show, 1 o'clock, we'll head out to Arrowhead one final time to hear from Andy Reid before the Chiefs take on Cincinnati, and we'll get another update there. Also, Rob Collins from Fox 4, sports director, going to be in studio the entire 1 o'clock hour. I'll be honest, uh, we, I don't know if we should share this on air or not, but we felt guilty. We feel like we've, we've let Rob down. He's brought us gifts yeah. every time, and um, we did not get we him. We did one. not get him again. But we're really busy right now, and well, I plan on getting him a gift. Mm. So I have an offer for him today because we don't have a physical present to offer him. So the next time he comes in, I have an offer for him today, and I'll, I will give it to him at one. Because think about that. Rob Collins, he's brought us whiskey. He's brought us chili. He brought you an egg salad sandwich, which, by the way, real quick, I went out to the vending machine during the break, and we've been talking about chips a lot, and I grabbed some fantastic barbecue kettle chips. Um, and guess what's in the refrigerated section again? No, it's back. An egg salad sandwich. It's back. Oh yes, it is. It is. <laughs> it is. And Nick can't talk because he's got a complete mouthful of food. <laughs> like not even a little bit. Complete mouthful. Like a big of food. bite. Yes. But yeah, the egg salad sandwich. Maybe Nick's eating the egg salad sandwich right now. I'm not so just sure. decided to dive in. He said, "Take a it. chance." This isn't so bad after all. The irony in the fact that I'm eating is I was we're training. I'm training Blake in here. Uh huh. Is I was talking about how much I've eaten today. <laughs> hey, Blake, part of the training is you don't have to eat on the air the entire show. That is an optional yeah. choice made by each mm-hmm. individual producer. I would say Nick uh, chooses to eat more than the other two. A hundred percent. And fairness is right in the middle of lunchtime. I've never seen B-Dub take a single bite of food the entire mm. time. <laughs> B-Dub, Nick, Nick is B-Dub brings a feast in every morning. Really? No, not a feast, but he's always got snacks. Okay. Look, snacks, we're all, we, all, we all do the snack stuff. We all do the snack stuff. Are those chips? I'm a growing boy. The I snakes, need my nutrients. The, the, the chips are, are actually pretty damn good. It's a different brand. We haven't seen these. It's new items to the vending machine or uh, the vending area. They won't compete with the coating gold chips I'm going to eventually put out. So Yeah, but they're going to be made by a company that probably, like your are Might be homemade. They'll taste fresh. Oh, well, okay. Be a fresh chip. You don't think these are fresh? I don't Why know don't what their think? freshness, do they have a freshness guarantee? Mine, mine do. The coating gold chips will. I mean, I have till May 22nd. How are you tough talking about your chip brand that doesn't even exist yet? But it will. <sighs> I'm still working on it. Things are in motion. Mm-hmm. Get like busy the arrested, time. The arrested development line. How are things going? They're going good. <laughs> they will be going good. That's you. <laughs> Just give it time. Sunday, though, does set up like the perfect stage for you to have this epic you know, showdown. As we know, it's not only an AFC title game, but it's, as we've talked all week, a Cincinnati team that's beat you three straight times. And you think about the opportunity that you have. Usually you don't get it in sports. I don't care whether we're talking about NBA, Major League Baseball, the NFL. A team that beats you and sent you home last year in the same game, in the same building this game is taking place, you get to meet them in the exact same scenario again. Win and you're into the Super Bowl, you lose, you go home. You get revenge opportunity the very next year and the same situation. You might sometimes in sports get to an AFC title game or the championship game the next year against somebody else. You might get a chance to play that team again, but it's in a wild card round or an early round of a or divisional round or like the Bills last year. Whatever yeah. it may be. But it's pretty rare that 12 months later, you get the same team, the same venue, the same stakes on the line to go and get it done and end all this talk that's been going on for the last, really the, the most of the season now that Cincinnati's beats you three times. Do you like the way Pete put it earlier, right? Where, you know, he had said, this is going to feel like the super bowl. This is the, I, I'm curious, I guess where everyone would rank it, but I think that this is the most 
important AFC title game since the New England Patriots one, the first one. I know you'd be like, well, how is it more important? Because the other one was against the Titans, and we knew that they were going to win and go to the Super Bowl, and I didn't care. One was against Buffalo. That was a big one. But they didn't have the formed rivalry between the two, so not as big. Last year, they had already gone to two straight Super Bowls. That one couldn't be more important than this one after you've lost. So it's the second most AFC, the second most important AFC title game. And I think the third most important playoff game they've played in this entire Andy Reid era. It is only behind that same AFC title game I just mentioned and the first Super Bowl. The second Super Bowl felt like, you know, like going into it. I'm not saying there wasn't a thing there, but this game feels as important as that. It just does. It's probably because of everything you'd mentioned. It's the team that you're facing. It's you. If you had put a piece of paper in front of you and said, hey, you got an entire calendar year. Guess what's going to come up again? It would have been the singular game you would have cared the most about in the entire year and should. Because it's your arch nemesis currently, because you're trying to go to your third Super Bowl in four years, there's just weight from every single angle you look at it. Um, no, no question. I mean, I, I, you know, it's interesting you're bringing up the biggest game in the postseason, taking the Super Bowls out of it, but the biggest game in the playoffs under Reed or Mahomes. I also think if we're just looking at the opponent as well from a challenge and the ankle injury and everything that's coming together for this game, other than maybe when Mahomes had, you know, a bottom five defense in 2018 going yeah. up against the Patriots, this probably is the toughest challenge, though, that he's had other than the Bucks Super Bowl game where we, we didn't know going in how bad the offensive line was going to be, uh, but it ended up being a massive challenge, of course, and, and they was, it was disastrous. As a yeah, couldn't of overcome it. But uh, considering the stakes, the opponent, uh, an ankle injury now, a team that you haven't been able to, for whatever reason, get sacks against, all of that, like you can make a case this is, if not the, the second or third, I would say second, most challenging game that Mahomes has had in his NFL career. God, I'm just trying to think if I've no got a No Tyreek Hill. But, a nope. year where no Tyreek Hill exists. A year where uh, a game coming up, I should say, where McCall Hartman's probably not playing again. You're going up against a team that has had your number as a football team as a, as a whole, right? Like, and it's certainly not afraid of you, has all the confidence in the world. I think this is a, a huge challenge and one of the, would be one of the, the better achievements in, in, in a guy's career already that's had amazing achievements. But getting a win on Sunday, considering everything around it, would be one of the better achievements and, and challenges that he would be able to overcome. It's the kind of thing that separates great quarterbacks from, you know, one of one guys, gold, or one of two or one of three, right? The, where you put you in a completely different category than even just regular, ordinary, great quarterbacks, right? Oh, here's your standard. He'll be in the Hall of Fame. He won a Super Bowl. He's a really great quarterback. You know what I think of it? Like Drew Brees. Then, when in games like this, it's when you start separating yourself from everyone else. Because, truthfully, most things are in Cincinnati's favor through the history part of this. You haven't gotten to them. They've beaten you all the time. They're also trying to do historic things. You know, like, Cincinnati was a laughingstock franchise. They've completely turned around who they are because of one man, Joe Burrow. And I know that, like, Patrick Mahomes probably didn't turn around the Chiefs. Andy. They were a winning organization, yes, and he turned the Chiefs around. But Patrick Mahomes is who took them to that other level, put them in a different stratosphere. And that's what you want to do. Different stratosphere is going to three Super Bowls in four years. That's, you know, Jim Kelly, I know I know he didn't win Hosting one. Hosting five AFC title sucks. games. You could that's never happened in NFL games. history. Yeah. But you can't. We know this. We talked about this before. You can't come up too short in those games too often. It's still not a down. It's not a negative that you've played in these. But you can't come up too short. And that's the kind of weight 
this game has. I know that we've talked about who has more pressure, but to me, definitively, in any in, in individual game. Like in the last one, we said, hey, the Chiefs have more pressure on this because Jacksonville's playing for nothing. The Bills had more pressure in the Cincinnati game, we thought, because the Bills hadn't gotten to the, you know, the Super Bowl, hadn't gotten to that level over and over again. In this game, it's the Chiefs. The Chiefs have more pressure on themselves. Cincinnati is talking all the trash. They are confident. They are arrogant. They are they are the defending AFC champion. They have had your number. The pressure is on you to prove that this is not going to be some dumb team that stands in your way every year. Yeah, I don't think it's overwhelmingly on Kansas City, though, because, yeah, you haven't beat this team in three straight matchups. You're trying to, to get to a Super Bowl, and you are the home team. But until the last 24 hours where the, the line shifted all of a sudden where the Chiefs are favorites, like, to me, when one team, Cincinnati was the favorite, uh, they were talking more smack up until yesterday than Kansas City was. Like to me, that puts pressure on yourself if your case if, if you're Cincinnati. I actually think it's pretty, like I actually think it's pretty uh, close actually to the to where they're at on pressure. But now that Kansas City is a favorite again, and then you add in the stuff that happened a year ago in this very game, that that puts the that puts some pressure on there. Hey Nick, what's up, man? You want to say something? No, no, no. Sorry, um, it cut out. All I could hear was uh, uh, I, that was all I heard. So. Text line says they thought Cody said a who day. Did you oh, drop a really, who day? dude? Cody? Did you on Red Friday? What? Why would I have said that? You said you sub, subtly, subtly dropped a who day. No, I didn't. There's no reason to just like start vicious rumors. I think you were just. Me. I think you were just like who day. You were just like this is know, how who, this. You know who what? day are? I think is what he said. Saying what I said earlier <laughs> uh-huh. in the week, and then people thinking this. This is how you become the last ranked radio host in this city. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Hey, still a lottery. <laughs> still a lottery pick, though. You know. Oh man. Right, and don't worry. I'm. I'm. I'm right. I'm right. We're, I'm right there, challenging <laughs> for your spot. You know, when, when we talked about legacy and what this game means for Mahomes and how we'll talk about him if they win versus if they lose. Can we just make sure we get this out in the open? That way, if we these conversations do come up next week for whatever reason, we uh-huh. can sort of hold ourselves to what we say now. Sure. Patrick Mahomes is already one of the seven or eight greatest quarterbacks in NFL history. Correct. He will have, after this season, no matter what happens, right, he will have two MVPs and a Super Bowl MVP. In five years. And the guys who have done that, yeah, in their career, Tom Brady... Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, Kurt Warner, Steve Young, Joe Montana. It's pretty good company. It's hard to imagine because like and Aaron Rodgers, of course. The thing I always put out like with the him and the Joe Burrow conversation too, Nick, is in addition to that, he owns every he ha, he owns the single greatest statistical start to an NFL career ever. It's like every chart ever made was broken by Mahomes. Like here's a scatter plot, and here's a bunch of dots all over a page, and there's Mahomes dot. All up there, all in that top little right. It's always just so you know. Any just look at any graph for NFL history. He's always in that top little right corner, all by himself. That's what you need to know, Nick. I don't. I don't know that anybody would. I don't imagine you would disagree, Gold. But it's just, I you know, yeah, like to be five years into your career and feel like you could retire and be a Hall of Famer is like, wow, great run. <laughs> No, the, the, the result on Sunday has no bearing on who the best quarterback in football is. Anybody that believes that, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, consi- considering everything you guys just said. For starters, Joe Burrow would have to go and win a Super Bowl after that. And even then, he still doesn't leapfrog him. He certainly makes it and sets himself up for next season to leapfrog him, right? Like that that yeah. becomes a real scenario to happen. But not not when you just you just beat him. Uh, you don't even have a ring yet. Uh, so you can't even, even start to look ahead for a conversation like that. But we all know, as Nick said, like we can lay it out here today on Friday. We, we know 
the two ways things go on Monday from a national perspective, and maybe you don't care anyway. But if the Chiefs win, then actually Mahomes is going to get all kinds of credit, as he should. And if he loses, then Joe Burrow, people are going to claim, is the best quarterback in football. Like, it's very predictable. It's already happening. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's just They're how like it goes They're like predetermining their yeah, take. That's how it goes in sports. It's kind of what makes it fun. But it, it'll, if, you, if you're annoyed by it this week, uh, then, then the offseason could be very brutal uh, if you are someone that's a Chiefs fan, if the Chiefs don't take care of business on Sunday. I, well, yeah, it's not the opposite end of this conversation is not fun, but it doesn't, as Nick said, doesn't take away the greatness of Mahomes, what he's been able to Correct. do yeah. in this and short look, period we, of time. We could say, he, hey, I wish you had another ring because you should have another ring because you're so great. But it's still like exclusive company he is keeping. Maybe I'm uh, alone on this, but like, I don't think if like the Chiefs obviously can lose on Sunday. Nobody's I mean, this is a coin flip type of game. But if they lose, I don't think at least personally, that we're going to be sitting here Monday and saying they lost because Mahomes just played terrible and, and all this kind of like, I just, I just I felt like a one-off. I, I, I just don't, I, I don't believe that's happening in two straight AFC title games. I, I just can't fathom that. Even with the ankle. No, I, it just, it feels impossible. It's going to be that Joe Burrow maybe played great again. Yeah. It's going to be that short, the defense didn't get the stops. Yeah. Special teams blunder. Like that's to me still way more likely than we're sitting here on Monday and Mahomes threw two picks and just got, you know, it just couldn't move and all that. I just don't believe that's going to be the case. It doesn't seem plausible to assume that Mahomes is going to play bad in two straight AFC title games, considering how good he's played in the playoffs. Cause that's the other part, Nick, you just talked about the regular season stuff. Essentially. It's like, Oh, you know, he's won a bunch of games and he's won a couple of MVPs, but in the postseason, he also has been way better statistically than most every other quarterback ever. We know Joe Mixon won't like us looking ahead because clearly he gets really upset about it. Not allowed to do that. Fans didn't like that when we did that either. In fairness to to, Cincinnati or Buffalo, remember? Yeah, not allowed to do that. Not allowed to sell. Hopefully Joe Mixon knows they do sell Super Bowl tickets ahead of time. I don't know if he's aware of that, even though we don't know who's playing in it. But we can look ahead again. Uh, If the Chiefs win on Sunday, there are hypothetical lines already out there for like who would be favorites in these games. Like who would you rather have? I think if Cincinnati fans would probably answer the same way, like I still think you would prefer San Francisco win the early game versus Philadelphia. Is that do we only feel that way in Kansas City because we watched them stomp San Francisco? Part of the equation, right? I mean, but it's that just, was a totally different team. Yeah, that was early in the Purdy front. That was yeah. no Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he played but barely. It, it, it's, it's, it's like I don't know, man. That was not really the San Francisco 49ers team that existed. Jimmy today. G it, was starting that game, right? He was. I mean, it's it's part oh, yeah. of it's part of the equation, the forty four point effort, uh, but also like it's just deep down. What would I rather have a guy that's going to be runner up for MVP that can also run the ball or go up against a third string quarterback, even if he's playing well, I'm talking about Brock Purdy versus Jalen Hurts, obviously, like, I'll still take the team that doesn't have the guy that almost won MVP this year or is about, you know, going to probably finish second in MVP. If you're wanting just like, what do the odds makers say? If the Chiefs played the Niners, they would be one point favorites. If the Chiefs played the Eagles, they would be one point favorites as well. So it's actually even back out. Uh, Cincinnati would be a one and a half point dog against Philadelphia. Cincinnati would be a one point dog against San Fran. I, the only thing, because like from a, the, the one thing that would almost make me say Philly is we talk about the two things in the NFL that matter all the time, coach and quarterback. Okay. So Hertz is the better quarterback, but Shanahan's definitively the better coach, right? I mean, Sirianni's very good. He's had a hell of a start to his career. He's gotten them turned around. But if you're saying who would I rather face in a Super Bowl, I'd rather face Sirianni. Yeah, but Andy's two and zero the last two times they've played the Niners, right? I know, and, and they beat him in a Super Bowl, and all the things that come with that too. I totally understand that, but it's like Shanahan had them not on the ropes, but that game was close. He made it ugly, right? Shanahan's a really good coach. Sure. He'll find ways. I feel like you're more weirdly enough. I feel like you're more likely to blow out Philly 
to just run into your A game and beat them, even though you blew out San Francisco earlier this year. But that's probably just because of how good of a coach I think Shanahan is. Yeah, no, and he is. He's got all of his toys, all of his pieces now, everybody available. I don't know. I, I guess I have a hard time thinking that those guys won't won't make a difference. Because, like, I, you know, when we've, we talk about the, the games that are coming up and the guys that maybe are injured for San Francisco and maybe not play in those games. But it's like, I don't know. I feel like I, I, I lean towards 49ers, but I still feel I like, like if you gave me the choice to play any of these three teams for the Super Bowl, I'd, I'd, I'd pick Cincy last. So I feel like I'm feeling yeah, better no I, matter which game I get next. I mean, the 49ers... Uh, for the Chiefs' defense, we'll see how that look. This involves the Chiefs winning against Cincinnati, which likely means the defense played pretty good. An easier opponent for the Chiefs' defense, which is what I'm more concerned it's about, pretty. is the Niners. I mean, the Niners uh, won 19 to 12 in a playoff game against the Cowboys last week. 19 points is what they put up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just I understand they put up 41 against the Seahawks the week before, but like, well, the Seahawks have one of the worst defenses in the yeah, NFL this year, so I just would prefer it. Like, it'd be a coin flip type of game is the Super Bowl teams typically not always but typically don't run my, away my with thoughts. Super Bowl wins but um I would prefer San Fran absolutely is even Ma- if it's the rematch and all that this goes back to maybe the comment earlier but is Mahomes in his third Super Bowl appearance going to lose to a seventh round rookie well that'll be the storyline man that can't be possible I mean it's I did. <laughs> I mean that's a great storyline from a national perspective the single greatest quarterback in the NFL up against Mr. Irrelevant, which, by the way, that nickname is going to have to stick forever. And every other Mr. Irrelevant is not going to like that nickname doesn't work anymore. Because Brock Purdy, if he wins the Super Bowl, is going to own it forever. Nobody else is Mr. Irrelevant. He is. He's the one who went from that pick to win the Super Bowl. Nobody else, that, that title will be moved on to one man and one man only. Because that'll be his, that's his nickname. He'll just own oh, it. Oh, yeah, like everybody, every writer already has it ready to go, like if it happens, you know, like, you know, someone's got some phrasing already ready to go, you know, like Mr. Irrelevant to Super Bowl champ or whatever. Like it's just like the headlines write themselves at that point in time. And either way, though, there's fun storylines, like looking ahead to potential matchups and things like that. I mean, it's either a rematch of the Chiefs Super Bowl win a couple of years ago, or it's Andy versus Philly. It's Kelsey brothers, the first brothers to play each other in a Super Bowl in NFL history. Uh, like, so there's, there's plenty of, it's the Super Bowl, right? There's plenty of juice, but Chiefs gotta gotta handle business on Sunday night first. It's a scary. Well, yeah. I mean, I understand that. Like, there's certainly people in the text line or on Twitter or whatever, be like, "Hey, come on!" Well, like, I'm not looking ahead to tell you I don't take Cincinnati serious. You can't even accuse us of that, like you did against Jacksonville. Obviously, we have spent 18 hours already this week talking about the ways in which they can either beat or lose to Cincinnati and the importance of this game from a legacy standpoint. I'm just curious, you know, if we get to the next one. Yeah. Who is it that you actually want? Are you definitively 49ers too, Nick? Like, does the Shanahan, because I know you're really high on Shanahan too, does the coaching aspect of this move the needle for you enough, or is it just like the differences in the quarterback is too great? Yep, um, all Niners. I also feel like Philly. Do you think they, by the way, real quick, do you think the Niners can beat Philly this week? I think can, they can as beat, much as but we're I think talking about like that. I mean, 70-30 shot's going to take the 49ers make, or the, it's going to take, the 49ers not making any mistakes and we, Philly making a few. We put new obstacles in front of young quarterbacks, right? And, and for, you know, the next one, and this will be one, if Brock Purdy clears it, then it's another one you don't have to worry about. That is, he's never played in an atmosphere like he's about to play in on Sunday. Like, how does he handle that? He seems pretty calm and poised. I think Kyle Shanahan said he's like the, 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 the calmest quarterback that he's been around in his coaching career, I believe was the quote he, he mentioned last week, heading even into the Dallas game. Now this is on the road in Philly and, and outside of Kansas City and Buffalo, I would say Philly's probably one of the other, the next rowdiest crowd and, and great atmosphere in the NFL. So like, how does he handle that? 
that's the next like that's the next test. He's gotten away with a couple throws that likely would have uh, ended in picks or should have, but he's gotten away with them. Does he get away with them again against Philly? Is it going to be that kind of storybook ride to the Super Bowl it's for both the Niners? Guys. Neither of them have played in this important of a game. So the reason why I feel like anybody can win that game is either guy could shrink in the big moment. Never played in this kind of moment. It is an NFC title game with a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts was a good quarterback last year, but he wasn't this. He wasn't a runner-up for MVP with two really good wide receivers on either side of him. You know, so it's the, we know that when you get into those kinds of games, things go differently sometimes. And I I feel like it's hard. That game's harder to predict because you don't know which guy is just going to show up in the moment the way that, you know, you might've seen this out of certain guys. We know that Burrow and Mahomes can both do it, but it's like one of these quarterbacks might not be destined for that kind of ability. This is what's fun about, I mean, the, the, like last weekend was too, but like this is what's fun about this weekend title game. The amount of coaches and players that their entire legacy can just completely be shifted by what happens over the next Shanahan two Shanahan gets games. to put himself in the Pantheon. Brock, we obviously just talked about Brock Purdy. Purdy Jalen Hurts, who's on a rookie deal still as well. If he gets to a Super Bowl and a guy that some people thought for a while this season should have been the, the MVP of the league before he got hurt. Like it, it changed the, the narratives and what it does for guys financially. Holmes puts himself in he, a completely different conversation. Burrow gets to say he's got a ring. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. It's it's unbelievable. We'll, we'll talk more about that a little bit later on. Coming up next, we'll get to what's trending and who is going to have that big game for the Chiefs. So, of course, we'll take the quarterbacks out of this and we'll focus in on that. We'll get your takes as well. Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by GAN Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, GAN Asphalt. Asphalt and Concrete, one contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.